Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. I'm trying to be 1% better. Not for for us, you're not. You're trying to be like 1% better for Stephanie, maybe, but not, no, that has not factored. And and still fails. (laughs) No, I'm sure he does well at that. He's Anthony now, remember. We don't know that. We just assume that he does well. He has so much at stake. He knows, he knows he could lose that job. (laughs) He could lose that job tomorrow. Tony, we're we're paying you a bonus that's more than one percent. He not wrong. One hundred and twenty-five percent. I mean, I nah, feel like nah, the bonus. Nah, don't don't you... give me that. No, don't give us a, a <laughs> percentage. I feel like he should be twenty percent better based on the bonus that he gets when we have good sponsors. Think if I continue to be one percent better every day. No. Right, Look, you you're gonna be by the twentieth episode. Uh, I'll be twenty percent better. Hey, Jason, the the one that's really just like, hey man, let's try to get Tony these bonus. I'm like, hey, I want Tony to try. <laughs> I want Tony to try, Russ. Like that part of it is has gotten beyond our control. It's oh, gotten listen, out of hands to where we're not able to. Like, I don't know if you've seen this, but there are so many parts of this show with him in particular that have gotten beyond our control. Like we needed a contract with him when we started this because it's spun beyond literally out of our control. It's where it's beyond where we can get a hold of it now. You know what the thing is with gentlemen's agreements, like with the one we have here, we can just go rogue at any time and stop paying him. <laughs> you could do that. That is an option. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jason's up here like, well, you know, <laughs> he's not trying, but we still are kind of like obligated. I'm like, oh, are we? Who are we gonna get though? He and he knows it. Hey, stop saying that. He but he like knows it already. Yo, yo, famous. He like he's the only producer. He knows it. He no, already he knows. Acts it. like he's the only producer. You guys know people. Anyway. You guys are famous. That's what I'm saying. You guys are way more you're famous the only producer me. here in town. If you, if you, I like to have you here a hundred percent. If you, like, the only one this weird. Let's keep it a buck. We can find somebody good. <laughs> yeah, but we couldn't find someone who's good and this weird. Like, and that's what maybe 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 the audience will be. We're going to get someone that comes on. See, this is part of his appeal to the audience is that uh, it's a constant conflict with us. I think constantly (laughs) moving and counter moving around. That's just like parenting. It's just like what I got to do with my kids. It's just moves and counter moves all day. I think you and Tony overvalue the weirdness appeal. We put out a T-shirt that says everybody loves Tony Gill, and they usually do. We lied. (laughs) Tony, how many weeks have you been trying to be one percent better? What are we at here? Um, are we at the one hundred and three percent version of whatever it is you used to do? This is like week, maybe week like two and a half. 
Russ, I could buy the okay. All right, so we're at two and a half percent of an increase. Uh, the thing though is, Russ, is that we're two and a half points up, percentage points up, not from a hundred percent. We're two and a half points percentage points up from like what twenty seventeen percent. You know what my issue is with Tony trying to be one percent better each week. He took six weeks off. I would hope he would be better than 1%. Yeah, he didn't use those weeks. Those weeks were the 1% better started when he got back from paid leave. It's like Shaq. It's like, hey, or or Scotty, right? You think they're going to take away my vacation time? <laughs> All right. Hey, Jason, you hear that? You hear that? He's like, no he's more, like, no more. Don't ever let him ask you for anything ever again. He's like you James Harden. He's he's like James Harden, but without that magical ability of when he does come back, he's in an he's in amazing shape. Tony <laughs> comes back and he's still pot bellied James Harden. <laughs> pot bellied James Harden is still give you thirty. Uh, <laughs> Don't sleep on pot bellied James Harden. Is that, is that what you think you're giving us? Thirty? Give you thirty. <laughs> Boy, you're giving us a solid eight, eight, two, and two <laughs> since you came back from league. <laughs> That is amazing, though. Did I was I texting you about that or Tony or both? That James Harden, like, it's incredible. It's like he's mind control. He goes from like chubby to thin, like on command. When he wants he, out, he's been great. he swells up, and then the moment he's in that new uniform, mm-hmm. James Harden looks amazing. I'll give Tony credit. He he put up a good twenty four points the last game. I went listen back. <laughs> solid, solid performance with the minutes restriction we've been giving him since he came back. <laughs> you know what the real issue is? So is we only need 15, 20 points from Tony in a night. Then he gets all Nick Young on us, oh my tries gosh, to yes. score 50, and then we lose by 30. Yes. You got to um, stop picking guys that are in jail or have racist sex tapes. <laughs> That's Tony's bag, though. For your small talk, <laughs> that's Tony's bag. He, this, who, who, he, you know how he loves racism. Um, Love it. Give me all of it. No, 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 sir. Let's not do that. Uh, yeah. Who are your who are who are you a fan of that is not both a racist and or in jail, Tony? Ooh, that's a toughie. Oh, <laughs> stop! Stop! <laughs> It shouldn't be a tough question. Tony, Tony was gonna be like, "Yo, Papa John, I love him, but you know, <laughs> the whole inward thing." This is like, this is what you get from him. Is you're like, "Hey, Tony, can you just like for one episode, can you be normal, be regular?" Um, yeah. And his answer is always no. <laughs> nope. I, I will say this, and for a future incoming episode, for a certain special guest. You will get a buttoned up Tony. But see, that's the problem. I don't know if I want when a special guest comes on, I don't want buttoned up Tony. Just oh, this for this guest you do. No, you gotta you're play, gonna be bad at that. I suspect play, you're not gonna be able to game. play that role. Play your game. Yeah. See, that's what's the, that's why that's what's that's when you mess up. You, you start trying to be somebody at. else and you don't play your game, mm-hmm. we're gonna get blown out. <laughs> So be you, play your game. I don't I, whatever Jason said in the group chat earlier. F that. <laughs> you got to play your game. And like I'm, I'm very excited for the guests because I, uh, I have a great deal of respect for that person, mm-hmm. and that person's awesome. 
Yes. But, hey. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh I got to bleep out all of that. Yeah, bleep I got to bleep out all bleep of that. that. Bleep and that. Bleep yeah, it. Right. The person, the person is coming. The person is coming on to just be a part of like our group. So don't change stuff up too much. <laughs> Jason, what are you doing? Start the damn show. Start the, damn, start the show. We never start the show. Start the show. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. Oh uh, it's it's not even like you? this hasn't gone off track because it never started out on the tracks. Oh I'm Jason Leisure. My co-host Russ Dorsey is here trying to compose himself. He is uh, he is looking around and pointing at everyone else, wondering why everyone else <laughs> is doing so poorly. While not really contributing that much himself. I'm literally talking Tony Hill is our producer. And here you go, just looking me in my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we, this is our first time doing this. Tony Gill is here, too. We're clunky today. I don't know why. I'm thrown off because I'm like, I'm in a, I have a weird setup in my hotel room in Indianapolis because I'm here for the combine. And I'm like, my chair is not right. I got the, I got the computer set up on an ironing board. And so I'm trying the Tony way of doing this where instead of like sitting up at a desk, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, you know, leaning back and holding the microphone in my hand. Mm-hmm. And on our audio platform. Uh, yes. That's why I'm describing it, mm-hmm. um, which is not my style. See, we one of the things we run into on here with me and Russ is that like, Russ, you're really good, I think, at improvising and being in the moment and whatever. And I am a lot of times preoccupied with like trying to run the show, trying to make sure, you know, we hit these things that we need to hit and we got to try to find a good balance between those two things. Cause you got to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. now I'm totally thrown off by like, you know, kind of being reclined here in this chair and having to hold the mic in my hand. Yeah. I, I, you, you're, you seem a little rattled, uh, but we'll work through it. We just we got to call it. We had to call it early timeout. Yes. Yeah. Very early in the game. Jim Boylan pulled all the starters. Right off the jump ball too. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not even start. We're gonna pull the starters. Everybody off the floor. Let's let's reset because this is not going right. Um, but no, it's fine. Take a deep breath. Breathe. You got your little Starbucks drink there. That might be what's making you up. You got your little, what a little green green tea. Yeah. No, that yeah. usually helps. Well, mm-hmm. it's not today, so let's find let's find your what's your Michael special stuff from uh, Space Jam. It better it better be this. Uh, it better be this green tea or else because I got nothing else to go to here. I have no I other moves. I do, Jason. How is it being at the underwear Olympics? <laughs> Nobody knows what you're talking about. The pe- people don't in general know that that's what some people call the combine. The combine's going to go away. I feel like. I don't know how much longer they can hold this together. They're talking about expanding this thing. They're talking about like, oh, next year we're going to have this thing in Vegas or L.A. or something like. I mean, the Players Association already doesn't want to have this. Mm. And now the teams are starting to take it less seriously. There's some head coaches that are not even coming this week. (laughs) So it's like, how is this thing going to still be an annual week-long TV event if even the teams aren't going to take it seriously? Yeah, I mean. But I will say this, Tony, when you ask about – I don't, I don't know if either of you guys has been to Indianapolis. Indianapolis gets lumped in with these other like Rust Belt towns, and it's not really where I would choose to live probably. But Indianapolis is a good place to go for a work trip. If you got to go somewhere on a business trip, 
and you're just like there to work and that's it. Indy is well set up for that because everything's downtown. Everything's compact restaurants, hotels. It's, it's very easy in that regard. And it was like 65 degrees here today. It was pretty nice. Hmm. It, well, it wouldn't be the, yeah, it wouldn't be the first city on my list of, now uh, you don't need to go on vacation there. They have nice hotels though. They have like nicer hotels than you would expect in Indy. Indy is loaded with like the top end hotels. If you have to be here for work, it's, it's got what you need. Tony, your face said something. No, say it. Say no, it. No, no. I'm like, trying to be one hey, percent better. That's why I didn't say anything. I, I you're lying. I don't know why, why. Why be something what you're not? Or what word? Did I say? I why be something I, you're not? I'm sure I said something like that. He wants to say yo to. I can't keep. No, no, the, no. It, the it, list it, of 500 <laughs> words that I can't say without you giggling. No, it was it, no, no. You didn't say anything. It was your description of Indianapolis as just a business town and i'm like yeah. <laughs> i don't want to say it. what are you talking okay if you don't say it people aren't gonna laugh tony so you're gonna have to explain it or put do you know what he means because i don't know what he means right now i'm, I'm that's why i'm asking I, okay. I i need to tony you put up a just shot and i need you, to know it. yeah just do it airballed or, or it's, well, i mean like well, you, you told everybody you came in off the bench and you're and and like a like in classic tony way you come in as like the ninth man off the bench and you immediately are yelling for everybody, clear out, clear out. And so then we do. And, and he holds the ball for 24 seconds. Holds the ball for 24 seconds. Yeah. So what Jason was describing, all the business-like things, and I'm like, hmm, must be a great uh, um, working town for... Oh, that business. This entire thing is a sham. (laughs) This thing is such a sham. Like you're this whole like I'm Anthony. I'm an adult now. Like Like, you're the only one who was buying that bullshit. I never believed that for one second. I didn't want to say that. It's not Anthony the adult. There's not some like butterfly like conversion that's happened here, and you've come out of the cocoon as an adult. Instead, it's Tony, like in an in the costume of an adult. Tony, you can go ahead and put elevator music over that whole thing. Uh, uh, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. No that was doubt, definitely no. a turnover, and uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they got a, they got a two for one. So <laughs> we're, we're already messing up. Last week's episode, we talked about Love Is Blind, yeah, and Tony making the yeah. awful suggestion that I should go on Love Is Blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple things that happened after after that episode. One, and then we could be on there too as Russ's friends. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so after they get to bring their friends. After that episode, I received a text message that said, "Hey, I listened to your podcast." Dot dot dot. Mm-hmm. In which, for everybody out there, I sent Jason a text message that says, "I am going to kick your ass <laughs> for for promoting you for a television opportunity." Jason, you haven't received a text message like this because you've been married for 45 years. Was the text message from Netflix or? You don't understand. Jason. I'm trying to figure this out. You're playing coy for content's sake, but you know what that message did for me when I, all of a sudden, I just pick up my phone and see, I listen to your podcast. (laughs) Good. I'd love to have a lot of people text us that if we had... Hundreds of thousands of people texting it. Think about Jason, it. Jason, I'm going to choke you. You don't know what I'm saying to you right, <laughs> All right. now. I think I probably do. So what happened? 
Well, it worked out. It wasn't as bad as no, I there thought. There you go. All's well. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. You're not off the hook because the hook. you're not off the hook. <laughs> because it took a while before I got the second text message following that with laughing emojis. You know, the first one, there was like the little thinking face emoji with the monocle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, that's, I promise you, never a good sign when you get that, mm-hmm. that emoji. But it worked itself out. But later in the week, somebody texted me and said, yo, uh, my homeboy Fabian. Him and his girl was watching Love is Blind. And his girlfriend says, Russ would be great on here. He's way better than he's way better than these other people, but he would be yeah. very entertaining. That's what me and, and Tony I'm just said. Like, why do people think that? Uh, well, oh, I we mean, went over this last week. Do you want me to relist the reasons? <laughs> we pro- I probably please, could remember them. Right. Please don't. Please. Number one was Russ has a great please, voice. Please don't. <laughs> Well, Number two, I, I've carried my notes. It says scribbly, but it looks like it's no scratch. No, scratch out the rest, please. Scratch out the slinging rest. something. Oh my God. <laughs> but what would make that good TV? You on there? Um, uh, See, because you're many You're very interesting. What would you say? That heard what Tony said, and if it w- <laughs> you say mini Russ, what does that even mean? <laughs> it's so many, oh, so many reasons why you'd be great on that show. Oh, okay, I, I don't yeah. know, Tony. Y'all have said two things and say I'm so many reasons. I, I don't. Well, not... I think, well, I think you'd be a good catch, Russ. Okay, I appreciate that. Cool. You're better than Shake. Yeah, way yes. better than Shake. Yes. Just as an overall human being, Shake is um, on a big like. Uh, Shake is not Shake a fan. Is on a big, Shake's oh, on no, a we're, big, we're gonna like, get to uh, it, Jason. We're gonna get. We to might it. as well just do it now. Yeah, let's do it now. Like, Shake's on a big like. Uh, I'm still rich and cool, so I'm good. Like, like, like when, uh, like when LeBron said, like, you all have to go back to your crappy normal jobs. Y'all broke ass lives. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's not LeBron saying it. It's this guy Shake, who I, I can't imagine any woman is gonna want to go near for a while. And well, he's doing uh, well, this video shirt. He's doing this video shirtless too on his Instagram. <laughs> you know what? I. Uh, you know what? Um. Jason put this show down, right? I hate this so show. I, even after watching, watching I hate it. I hated it. As enthusiastic when I heard about, it, about it. I hated it during it. I hate it still now. I hate I texted you all the time while I was watching it how much mm-hmm. I hated it and how much I blamed you for me watching what 10 episodes was it? And you kept watching the whole coming, season. Uh, reunion coming Friday, too. The reunion coming Friday. And you bet Jason's gonna be watching with me too. Like it. It's such a fantastic show. I'm glad Jason has seen all of it. I would like to know Jason's thoughts on the finale of the show now that he binged it for three I really, days. I did. I watched the entire thing in like five days or something, Russ. No, I wa- here's, here's what Jason. really happened. Like, I think this is the first show like this I've ever watched uh, other than um, Flavor of Love. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. The GOAT. Classic. The GOAT show. Yes, of course. I think this is the only one of these shows I've ever watched in full. And what happened was like Tony was texting about uh, texting and tweeting about it last week. And I was like, this could be interesting for the show. Like, even if I hate this, that'll be good. I'll watch the first episode of the season that they're on now. So at least I can participate in this conversation. And that was when we were recording like last Tuesday or something like that. And I got home. We got done. And I uh, am sitting there finding myself watching episode two at like one in the morning. And I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> and I just kept watching it until I finished the whole thing 
Sunday night. And each one of these show, each one of these episodes is an hour at least. Mm-hmm. The last episode was maybe an hour and a half. So this is ten something hours. Like I, I'm not saying this for any other reason than just to be practical and truthful about my life. I don't have time to do that. I do not have free time in my life to spend ten hours in a week watching a TV show. I, even if I want, there's shows I want to watch. And can't because I don't have that time between work and things I got to do around the house, things with my wife and kids. And I just I was so mad at Tony the entire time while I was watching these 10 episodes. Russ, did you watch the finale to get like uh, it, the finale gives you kind of like an overview that you could watch only the finale and be caught up? Uh, I, I did not. OK, should I? with with not limitless free time, but plenty of free time. How, how do you know watch uh, any of free it? time? Where are the uh, other people running around your? Where are the children running around your apartment right now? That's Jason, how I know you have free time in your life, Jason. <laughs> and I'm happy one, for you that you do. Once, once Having again, free time is great. Once again, hey, nobody. That that was a personal decision on you. You watching right. part yep. <laughs> to have crumb crushers. That's right. Not <laughs> mine. I'm sorry. Right. I love you and I love your kids, but I didn't tell you. Nobody told y'all to have them. No one said. Yep. No one said to start impregnating. You're right. <laughs> but listen, I keep keep it a buck with you. I would have, but like it's just different to show every day. Sometimes I'm not trying to watch uh, terrible people on Netflix for an hour. Okay. But, but, but you know what? Tonight before I go to bed for hmm. y'all, I'll watch the little finale. No, that would be worthless because we're not going to talk about it anymore after this. Well, I can tell. It's, it's no, that would have been just, helpful show prep. Like, you know, this. Can, all right. I'll, you can spoil it because it'll be fine. I, I don't really care that much. So, any of the people actually stay together? Spoiler alert. Well, st- what do you mean stay together? Like, they agreed to get married on the show, but mm-hmm. I mean, like, stay together would be like being married for what would you even consider staying together? You'd be like, it worked out. If they that, stay married well, I mean, for like the, 10 years, for the, six for months. The- if six months after the show you were still together, I would think that would, would have worked out. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, for the for the purposes of the part. show, it's who said yes, who decided to get legally married and bonded to this other person that they only met the month before. You can you can definitely still get it annulled. Yeah. Yeah. But you it's illegal, it's legally binding at to this point. You can they can legally unbind it, but to this point, once they say yeah, I do, they are legally binded up to that point. So how many people mm. actually say it? Two? See, that's that's the part of this, Russ, is you have to just like I, I realized this when I was watching it is like you have to just suspend disbelief. You just have to pretend this is all real. You mm-hmm. have to pretend like you got to be all in. You got to put yourself in this space of like, OK, this is all real and they mean what they're saying and the marriage is real. Uh, otherwise, if you're sitting there like me the whole time being like like Tony just said, oh, they can annul this or oh, they don't really have to do this or whatever, then. You're kind of ruining it for yourself. So you have to like totally buy in. So they had uh, six couples during the dating phase of this. Please pay attention and take notes on this because you'll need to know all of this for season three, Russ. Got it. Uh, I'll have exclusive tidbits as well um, to fill in uh, the gaps as exclusive. Okay. Exclusive. For those of you listening, um, you probably already know this. If you've heard our show before, when Tony says he has an exclusive what exclusive really means is reckless, wild, unsourced, and probably defamatory information. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's uh, not exactly the New York Times here, Don. 
So we'll have to have all kinds of legal disclaimers about that. But Russ, they have all these couples. I don't remember how many they start with. Uh, maybe it might be like 10 women and 10 men or something. And they have the dating phase and uh, six couples form out of the dating phase. And then it's the question of can they make it a month together and get married? And one of them broke up like two days into it. They basically take them on like a honeymoon to Mexico right after they get engaged. Now, I guess it's not a honeymoon, but whatever, a getaway. And uh, this is one of my favorite parts is there's this woman on there, Shayna, who you told us, Russ, just based on a quick Google image search you're a big fan of. And yeah. uh, I hope I hope you steer clear of Shayna because I don't think it's a good idea. Um, <laughs> Shayna picked the wrong guy for sure. And you could tell from the moment they first saw each other when they got engaged that she thought he was ugly, like she didn't like him. And she immediately like invalidated all of their conversations because she's like, "Mm." you can see like the way she was kissing him. She was like kind (laughs) of leaning back and they get to Mexico. They get to Mexico. They're having dinner in their hotel room and then dinner's over and it's like, hey, we're engaged. We're in Mexico, you know, and it's like seven o'clock at night. And she's like, I just want to go back to my room. Oh, like they have separate bedrooms in this suite or whatever. And the guy is like stunned it's, by this. It's seven o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and Shayna explains, goes on to explain very poorly that um, she really has trouble setting physical boundaries with guys, which is a very diplomatic way of saying something. You're ugly. But but she's no, no, no. She does not generally in her dating life have good boundaries. Well, yeah, because this is the same person that was talking about sex in the bathrooms. Bingo. Yes. And yeah. now she, and she's saying like she has just decided this night in Mexico at this resort with her fiance that uh, now's the time. Now's the time she's going to start setting physical boundaries. So like doesn't really set physical boundaries with anyone. But going Yo, to with you. Can you imagine? You. Can you imagine with you. being in that moment and knowing she was just like she talked about the bathroom openly on the show. Yes, yeah. Right. And yeah. then being the guy it was like, hey, so you know what? very romantic down here yeah. in Cabo or Cancun, whatever, wherever they were at. And she's like, hey, bud, I'm going to start setting these boundaries. I've never had any, but right yeah. now with right. you, setting them. Like, like, yeah. oh my God. I've established pretty clearly I'm very wild, but uh, all of a sudden, not anymore. Oh, my god! So gosh. they were done like two days in. That okay. was pretty much all. They, were, they kept mm-hmm. they kind of strung it along or whatever, but they were they did like, their They did their obligations to their contractual obligations to the show. Yeah. Until they just couldn't anymore. Yeah. Uh, so then there was really just like five couples. And out of the five couples, Russ, two of them got engaged. Three of them did not. What What was like the star attraction? What was like the headliner couple on the show? Would it have been Shake and Deep D? Or what was the one that everybody I, was fixated on, Tone? I think it was a combination of Shake and Deep D and uh, Natalie and... Shane, Natalie and Shane. I think yeah, the the combination of those two couples really set the okay. This is where we're going. The the direction that we're going. Everybody else was kind of like add ons, but those were the two four people that were the the stars of season two. Yeah, and it all uh, both of those relationships went badly. Both of them, there was a uh, a breakup at the altar. Um. And I guess I probably saw it coming. I don't know. Shake, Shake was so bad. Shake is the uh, the Indian guy who has never dated an Indian woman before, mm-hmm. and then meets this amazing 
I, I don't know. She's on TV. Let's just say we buy into this again. Let's just mm-hmm. stop hesitating. Just pretend this is all real. Pretend whatever they show you on TV is who they really are. Deep D seems like a great woman. Mm-hmm. And like too good of a woman to be strung along this long. They take, uh, he takes her to meet his parents, Russ. And then he's talking to his mom. This is the guy who says like, he doesn't feel physically attracted to her. He likes her. They have a connection, but he doesn't want to like, you know, and he's telling this to his mom. And his mom basically tells him, like, you're you're trash. I'm on her side of this. Like, <laughs> oh, you, yeah, you, this this woman's going to find somebody else. No problem. You. I don't know. Uh, so she breaks up with him at the altar, which was like a relief. If you've bought into this show that she's not going to like go keep going on with that. And then uh, how would you explain Shane and uh, Natalie? Tone? Shane. He either has a drug problem or an anger problem. That's the dude that I saw with the eyes really yeah, wide on Twitter. Yeah. Or yeah, I, I don't want to start speculating about what uh, issues he has that make hey him man, this way. But he's, I, I haven't he's, seen uh, the show. He's out looks, of control. I've seen people on a, off of eight ball before. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tony's favorite part is that for the bachelor party, the guys all it's a group bachelor party with the six uh, or five guys or whatever it is they go to Wrigley Field and get to take batting practice. And uh, everyone there is dressed like they're going to a bachelor party, except mm-hmm. Shane shows up in baseball pants. And Shane apparently played college baseball to him. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? So uh, everybody, you know, they say, you know, well, well, I'm not athletic. And then they go off and, and, and round off, you know, some dingers. Like just guys in their regular street clothes, like not yeah. particularly athletic. And they self-admit it. Um, and they're just hitting dingers, or, or they right? just hit the ball well, like they right. hit the ball fine, like respectably, whatever. So Shane, the the college baseball player, comes up, goes zero for five, just even doesn't even make contact. Touch the ball, whiffs. This infuriates him. Yeah, he doesn't laugh it off. Infuriates him. Like nobody even says anything about it. Nobody cares in that group. None of his friends care. Nobody's giving him a hard time about mm-hmm. it. And he just cannot get over. It ruins his night. The, the the night before that he, you know, or the day before he's supposed to marry his fiance, he's just in in insane with anger that he could not make contact with the ball. Yeah. And lets everybody know about it. But he's some version of this all the time. The entire show, he's some version of this. And she seems like kind of like like she seems like a like a serious woman who wouldn't tolerate a lot of this and she kind of does the whole time she because she thinks he's attractive so she just kind of keeps pretending that he's not this way or keeps just thinking suddenly he'll magically not be this way anymore and she's the one who at the altar russ says no i'm out i can't keep i can't do this so here's some of the tidbits um here we go do you want to do a disclaimer russ Okay, we're just gonna let him go. <laughs> yep. All right. Go ahead. So uh Natalie was proposed to earlier in the show by someone else, an undisclosed uh, uh, participant. We don't know who. We don't know who do they do not this? they do they did an interview with uh one of the uh directors or producers with People magazine. Oh. All right, um, okay. and can you source these That would be amazing. That would be that's the only one I can. What source. you just did, yeah, lead lead with that next time. <laughs> Let me congratulate you because what you that, just did for the first time in all of your 
news reporting was mm-hmm. actually news reporting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been okay. doing you this. You cited this. an interview that someone gave in print. That was incredible, Tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the rest of what you're about to say is is Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Don't get used to that. I had to I, don't get used to it. Um also there were two other couples that were uh that got together that oh. the television show decided not to follow. Okay. And I'm guessing they didn't look the part because they are always trying to follow the attractive people. Um, another thing, there was rumored that Shane was doing some extracurriculars. Okay, so uh, that's a rumor, and that's, that's allegedly. a rumor. I, I let okay. the, I said rumor allegedly. Okay. I know, but uh, I'm gonna say it too, Tony. If so, you don't mind, <laughs> there was, a, and this this news comes from a Reddit user who has oh, now deleted. All right, now what news? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Nope. This, wait. You, that, you just now the word news badly. That now deleted two journalists. Their, that now deleted their profile on Reddit. Uh, they said that they were a producer on the show or a maintenance person or whatever on the show. Okay. And this was and on Reddit? Shane on Reddit. Shane, okay, so you know was, it's true. Not Shane. Shake was so bad, so bad that he was going to say no the whole time. They hated Sh- uh, Shake so much. They started, they told the preacher to start with Deepti and let her tell him no before he has the a power to tell her no. Everybody hated him on that show. He was the worst. <laughs> okay. All right. What else you got? What are your other tidbits? Tony's tidbits. Uh, this is like I think that was, news, that was, but that was about it. That was about okay. It. All right. Okay. So you had a couple things there. So a couple things here. Please, yes. This awful show that y'all are describing is the one y'all want me to go on. Yes. Well, you'd be good on it. And and also we'd get to tag along. Yeah. Maybe not in that order. Um, maybe it's more that we would get to tag along. That is why we want to do it. I'm hung up on this. You'd be good on it. I don't even know what that means, but it doesn't. It, it's fine. Uh, I could explain it, but I feel like if I start explaining it, it's just going to cause the same problem that it caused last week. It's fine. Um, but the second thing, so I, I'm assuming after everything y'all tell me about everybody involved, that love is indeed still blind. Uh, what do you mean? Because clearly it, nobody loved anybody. So love is definitely. Still oh, no. Blind. Two yeah. of the people. Uh, well, two mm-hmm. of the people did um, get married. Two of the couples did get married. Uh, one of them mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about. Nick and Danielle, That's uh, that might be over by the time this podcast gets released. Mm-hmm. Um but Jared and Ayana, they seem yeah. they seem good. They seem like love, they were, baby. She was kind of like a little bit. Uh, she had like kind of nutty antics, and he from the beginning was cool with that. And I thought like they're probably going to get along really well. And then there's much more serious things than that, just than just getting along well. But like they they actually seem like they have the best chance of making it making it. Yeah, black love wins for us. That's why you be good on the show. Thank you, Tony. Russ, do you yeah. do you secretly kind of like Ben Simmons? Do you enjoy Ben Simmons? Because you seem to watch Ben Simmons. Much like how I did not, much how I hated Love is Blind, I still watched it. <laughs> you seem to feast on Ben Simmons quite a bit. No, I'm. I'm it's kind of forced upon me, whether it's okay. on my daily show or here. 
I asked you something about Ben Simmons and uh, your description of what you wanted to discuss about him. Um, I can't repeat. So, but it was negative. I can tell. So, what? Where, where do things stand now between you and Ben Simmons? I nothing. There's nowhere. Net. I'm just informing the people that he's hurt again. It's his back now as he's tried to ramp up to get back to playing games. He hasn't played in almost a year. And the Nets are kind of like, oh, well, Ben likely won't play anytime soon. Uh, and they kind of need him, but neither here nor there. He's still getting his his mentals together. Um, or at least that's what we're hearing. And also the matchup between him and the Sixers, coincidentally, is on March 10th. And so it doesn't look like he's going to play in that game. Do you remember when this trade was first being floated about him for Harden? And I was so dismissive of it. I was wrong, obviously, because it ended up happening. But when it was rumored, I was so dismissive of it because it sounded crazy to me. Like, who's going to – how can you call another team and be like, hey, can we trade you this guy that we don't think is good and we can't get him to play for us for your MVP caliber player? You know, do you want to do that? And and the Nets say, yeah, 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 we would. I thought that was so ludicrous, and it's like now it's playing out the way that I would have thought it would. Over under, he wasn't going to contribute. Over under on games played this year by Ben Simmons, 10. Okay, so you got him coming back in time to play 10. No, I'm just setting the number at 10. Do you take the over under? Oh, wow. Uh, How many games are left? Yeah, I'm going by how many games uh, are left. What are we at right now? We're about 60. There's 20 games left in the regular Mm -hmm. season. They'll go. They'll go at least two rounds in the playoffs. I bet. I bet over. He'll play over ten games in the regular season or the playoffs. No, no, just total. Oh, just the regular season. Just out of these in, last in, in totality. Oh, uh, in totality, I'll go over uh, on ten. Yeah, I'll go over. I thought you meant for like the remainder of this regular season because if they had a choice, you know, they'll let them play a couple games, but they got to make these playoffs and they got to make this run to this championship. Uh, with no excuses, they don't have any excuses. Like they're too old to be like, okay, well, let's see what they how they jail next year. Well, I mean, well, KD is, you know, and and Kyrie, um, especially with their health, uh, they need to win as soon as possible. So, um, yeah, I think they go they go over. Uh, he goes over, uh, but I thought this would have jailed out faster, and maybe just by comparison of what. Harden and Embiid is doing is making it look a lot worse. Um, so it may be on a regular trajectory, <laughs> but what they're doing in Philly is kind of ridiculous. And it's only been what two games? They only played two games so far, but whoo, but they look great. They look great. Chris, how I mean, uh, uh, Russ, how does the uh, Ben Simmons finesse at the bank rank among all the finesse at the banks? If he he's getting all this money and he's not playing, I mean, he played well enough to earn the contract in the first place. Is the difference? Yeah, but it's a massive amount of money that he's you pay get. somebody for what you expect them to do in the future. Yeah, to do that, you have to be on the floor and also perform. So I, I just I don't know where we are here with 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 Ben Simmons. So um, I I don't know, man. The Nets think that they can somehow fix what is Ben Simmons. I'm kind of like, whatever. But uh, I mean, somebody was going to try, right? 
Yeah, but you thought it would be one of the bad teams, like the Kings. I was, I, I would throw back at you an over under of like three, over or under three, actual good games by Ben Simmons the rest of the year. Because the last time we saw him, he wasn't playing good games when he was healthy. I mean, I Ben Simmons is a good basketball player. Like he's a high IQ player, which makes this all the the more weirder. You know his entire situation, and which is why people were excited that both teams kind of won out if Ben plays for for the Nets, that he'd be a good fit because he's an elite defender, something that you know they they need on the Nets in terms of on the perimeter, uh, and he's an excellent passer to guys that are excellent shooters in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, it's just a matter of getting them all to play basketball games. Like every time Kyrie has played from what I watch of the Nets, Kyrie has been good. He just can't play home games up to now. Um, and Durant is obviously dealing with an injury right now. But yeah, if, if they don't get – because the rest of that team is – Hot garbage. Um, yeah. Seth They're in the still, play-in tournament as of now, I think. Seth Curry is still trying to find his space and where, where he's going to be. Um, so there's still stuff that they need to get through, but no excuses. No excuses. This is this is a player-run t- uh, organization. This is a Kevin Durant-run organization. So he's going to get tagged with this. The same way LeBron is going to get tagged with what's going on with L.A. As much as he tries to separate himself, and KD hasn't done that. You know, he's kind of been letting things kind of play out. Uh, But that fire's coming for him, too, if they don't win. LeBron's already getting that, you're telling me, right, in L.A.? Because I just want to get to John Morant, but you wanted to talk about LeBron getting booed, too? Yes. uh, I think this is the first time, might be in his entire career, that LeBron got booed at home. Uh, and it's because the Lakers continue to suck. They got blown out by, what, Portland? <laughs> like 20? And and then the Pels by 28? Yeah. Like, so they're booing a- him like the way they would boo the GM. Yes, because okay. LeBron is the GM. And his comments, you know, made during the All-Star break, like this is – LeBron is a – not a confrontational guy. So if he's upset about something, he's, he's passive gonna go aggressive back, big time. Yeah. He's going to go through back channels. He's going to find other ways. So his comments of, oh, man, Sam Presti, he's doing a great job over there in Oklahoma City where they've won like 10 games. <laughs> I mean, like these side remarks about and I'm not saying Rob Palenka is the best GM. You know, yeah, but who's going around just uh just unsolicited talking about Sam Presti. Yeah, right. Like, Le- like, like we Sam Presti's name getting dropped in a, a Drake song, or like LeBron thinks Probably that you know, we, we are not hip to his game. You've been in the league for eighty thousand years. We know how you do things. We know how you run things post Miami Heat. Now, like we're not gonna fall for the banana in the tailpipe on this one, LeBron. Like you wanted that nothing happens in you in the organization that you are part of that you don't okay or you don't want. You wanted Russell Westbrook over Buddy Hill. You said you were going to make it work. And DeMar DeRozan. And DeMar DeRozan. You said you were going to make it work. Guess what? It's not working. Your boy that you wanted, Anthony Davis. No disrespect. He's a Chicago guy. You know, don't want to disrespect him on that level. But you wanted him. And he hasn't helped you out. 
So, like, this is all LeBron. They put Rob Lincoln in place because he was going to do whatever LeBron said. And he did whatever LeBron said, except for this time around where LeBron wanted him to trade 10 years of picks for John Wall. Like, <laughs> like, Le- he's, like the worst, he's the worst GM. He's like just star chasing yeah. the whole time. All these guys like that are that are done. And it's, it's, it's frustrating because I know if LeBron trusted Pat Riley, he would have more. He would have had more than four championships where he can actually really legit in all facets challenge Michael in terms of the best effort, uh, best ever because of those rings um, that he would have been able to accumulate. Because look, look what Pat's done post LeBron. He hasn't won a championship. Obviously, do you think it was trust, or do you think it was ego of LeBron? That was that's the one place where LeBron hasn't been in charge. Mm-hmm. Was those years in Miami where it was Arison, Riley, and Spolstra, and LeBron was kind of just a player mm-hmm. there. And everywhere since he's been in charge of things. Like, do you think it's? Do you, I do you think it's more ego than anything else? And he's proven. Not to be as good of a, a GM or a coach as what he had during those years. I think the ego gets in the way of, the, of, of, of is the reason why he didn't trust. I trust myself more than I trust this guy who's been doing it for, you know, who has proven himself competent enough. I get Cleveland, right? I get him not trusting the Cleveland management the first time around to get him what he needed to win, and they never did. Pat Riley's a different. Pat Riley's different. I Pat Riley has has a culture there that I think LeBron didn't really agree with, and he wants to do it on his own. Now, LeBron's got two championships. I feel like he would have got more. John Morant, Russ, we've been talking about him quite a bit throughout the season, and it's a really, really good time to be John Morant coming off 52, I believe it was. Career high against yeah. the Spurs, 46 the game before against the Bulls. Um, <laughs> Former career high. <laughs> Short-lived. <laughs> Everybody's talking about John Morant right now, and you can talk about the statistics. You can talk about the MVP race. Uh, the thing that I love watching about him, and this is maybe you know more of a subtle detail, I love the incredible body control that he has. Like no matter what, he can change speeds, mid-drive, he the, the, did you see the buzzer beater that he hit at the end of the first half against the Spurs? Mm. It, it's such a crazy play, but if you pay attention only to his shot, the shot is the shot is sound. Shout out to Stephen Adams who made the perfect pass. Oh yeah, to yeah, ja. yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. that. That was the the most underrated part of the video. But you're right mm. with you know guy, a guy in Jai who has that insane level of body control, athleticism, and spatial awareness where he knows where he is on the floor at all times, that's what makes him this, uh, what is likely going to be a generational talent. And, you know, I know he gets the D Rose comp, the, the prime Mm -hmm. Russell Westbrook comp, the AI comp. I think he's a combination of all of those guys. And you just, if he can stay healthy because guys who play like that don't necessarily always have the, the longevity, but if he does, man, this is going to be a guy who, is the face of the league for a long time. I uh, I think he has a chance to be better than all those dudes, Westbrook, Prime Rose, and Iverson, because he has uh, one skill that I know that is better than all three of them is his passing skill. If he doesn't do anything else, he can pass his way, you know, 
for the rest of his NBA career. He's an elite passer. He's a top five passer right now in the NBA. Um, minus his athleticism, but I feel like he shoot he shoots a lot better. Yeah, than percentage wise, than yeah. Rose Westbrook and Iverson shooting fifty um, percent from the field this year. Yeah, as as a guard, like who, yeah. does, who does? He's that? up there in like uh, e field goal percentage with a lot of the big men. Yeah, I've, and he he's I think top five in the league in points in the paint. Yeah. He, yeah, I think it's. I think he may. I think at one point the I was he was leading the league. He's leading the league in points in the paint. <laughs> yeah, or 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 points in, or percentage points. Is, yeah, is the percentage, percentage of points scored in the paint or, yeah. or points in the paint. He's leading, and that's like the first time that's ever been done by a guard. Like ever. I was, well, Russ, uh, Russ, you were talking about comps. I, I want to hear what your bets. Go ahead, go ahead. You go first. We'll, no, we'll I was saying. I said today on our 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 daily show on Bally, like he plays point guard like a running back. Like the physicality and I guess reckless abandon that he he just throws his body around, but it it's under control enough where you like it's not you know wildly throwing his body around. Yeah, if that it makes does, sense. Well, yeah, you can see how much control he has because mm-hmm. he pulls off he pulls back. Mm-hmm. He'll go in at full speed get five feet away from the hoop. And all of a sudden it's like, he's just floating all of a sudden. He just, he just totally decelerates. Yeah. The, the difference between, and also I think is a benefit is um, it doesn't look like he's hurting. Like with Rose and Westbrook, it, their explosion is like their abilities outweigh what their physical bodies could do every time you watch them. But for Ja, he has just as much explosion but it doesn't look like it's hard for him to do that. Like it's so smooth and it looks so easy on his body to actually do these these things that you can see him doing this for a long. Obviously, he's going to go away. He's never going to. He's not going to jump like this forever. But it doesn't look like it's going to fade away as quickly as it did for Rose and and Westbrook. Here's my question for you guys on that. Like, he's not a big dude. He has a very slight frame. He's listed and at I know, 174. And I know, yeah, and the 174 is definitely like with weights on. Yeah, but listed, listed. Listed, yes. <laughs> but it's one of those things like I know that's a, a reason many people are concerned about his health long term, but maybe it's also the reason that he might not have the wear and tear is because it's not like he has a lot of weight on him mm-hmm. to wear his those knees and joints down. Uh so you know, when KD came in the, the league, he was a small guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, now over a decade in the league, it's not like he's gained a ton of weight. No, he looks mm-hmm. similar. So maybe maybe that might be his thing. Like, that's just his body. And who's to say if he gained weight, that wouldn't affect his game and, and his body going forward? Yeah. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, ESPN's Jay Williams made reference to that this week, too. Don't? And now... Tony Gill reads. What's up, fellas? You found your glasses. Tony Gill with glasses is back, baby. I'm sorry that I missed out last week, guys. You guys sound mm-hmm. like you had a great show. I'm sorry I missed out uh, on that. But we are back this week. And a correlation I got a good, there, I think. I got a good one for you, fellas. 
This is from ESPN's Jay Will on Get Up, comparing John Morant to Derrick Rose and Allen Iverson. <clears throat> he has Derrick Rose's athletic ability in more of an AI body. If you ever met AI, he's like 6'1", 6'2", and a buck 185. You're like, how does he does that? Like, can I can I blow you? But yes, with that body type? <laughs> Jay Williams tried again the very next day and did a little I'm bit. I'm sorry, what was the uh, – you made like a sound? What, what, what came after that? Yeah. Uh, can I blow you? But yes, that body type. <laughs> this is a transcript, hey. right? Yes. We're okay. freaking yo. <laughs> Jay will continue to try to do the comparison again the next day. If you're asking me how I defined his game, it's Russell Westbrook type athletic ability, but you like wine, right? It's it's like when you open a bottle of wine. It just shoots you. You know, it's a really good wine, but it shoots out. He's more of the wine that you let the athletic ability sit in the decanter. It has more of an R&B vibe to it. It, you know, it's smoothed out. There's a Michael Jordan-esque athletic ability mixed with AI. He is the 2022 version of Allen Iverson. Second try went better for Jay Williams. Yo, my man Jay Will was on something this week. Uh, <laughs> you it's know. hard being on TV all the time, man. It's hard always being. I, I agree up. with you, it's but hard always being mic'd up. I'm. There's some things that I'm not gonna go on national TV and say. But you know what? Whatever, it's fine. Thank you, uh, Tony Gill with glasses, friend of the show. We have regular Tony Gill back. Uh, Tony, your your analysis of uh, that analysis. Hey yo, what is my guy talking <laughs> oh about? Oh my gosh. All right, so we covered Love is Blind. We covered John Morant. And the other big story of the week is baseball. So let's go to our baseball insider, Russ Dorsey, or as Tony calls him, Russ Dorsey. Tony, do you have the uh, breaking news, urgent news bulletin imaging yet for our national baseball insider? MLB announced on Tuesday that they will cancel the first two games of the season after they could not come to an agreement with MLBPA. Listen. Two games or two series? Two the first series. Two. The first two series. Oh, okay. series. Right. So what is that, like five games probably or six per team? Depending on what teams have in the th- either five or six games. I don't think anybody had a four-gamer off top. We're talking what, what, did, what would that end up being, like 75 games total? or might not Around baseball? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 15 game, 15 matchups times five games. Yeah, around that. 75. We're sitting here on uh, on Tuesday night, and it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's going well. No, it seems like it, it's, it's going well, Russ. It sounded like no. they're making a lot of progress. Is that what you hey, read on? Is that, is that what, what you, Russ that's what you No, no, Tony's well, Tony's correct. Because I don't want the Twitter. I want Russ's no, real information. Well, well, Tony is correct on that because the Twitter streets were kind of nasty over the last couple of mm-hmm. days. It was just quote-unquote optimism and oh they seem to be getting closer if you really just kind of talk to people it would i don't think anybody was thought this was going to go down i didn't uh i was just like hey you 
be very very wary of optimism because I don't think people understood how much players association hated the other side here and how much the owner and MLB side did not want to budge on a lot of these things. So nothing happened, no deal done, no baseball anytime soon. If you had a plan to go to Arizona, you canceled that joint because, uh, I mean, you should still go to Arizona this time of year because it's beautiful, but you're not going to be watching any baseball. Yeah, it's fun. And yeah, how so would you, this one, Russ? How would you, how would you explain the issue to people like me and Tony who are not following it closely and just want to know when we can go to a Sox game? Uh, will not likely happen for a little while. That's how I would describe it. Because players want owners to spend money. Okay, so it's every oh, labor dispute of all time in every industry ever. Got it. Well, I mean, there's the the matter of the CBT, the collective bargaining tax. There is no technical luxury tax in baseball, but the CBT acts as one. Mm-hmm. And if you go over that number, you it was a $210 million in 2021. If you go over that number, there are penalties. If you go over that number in two two different back-to-back years, there's a penalty on top of that. Uh, teams have not been spending. Revenues over the last five years, if you take out the two shortened seasons or the two seasons with you know not having fans in 2020 and in 2021, you know, revenues have continued to skyrocket in baseball. In 2019, baseball made close to $11 billion. And then you have ownership in baseball, uh, Major League Baseball saying, hey, you know what? You have a better chance of making money on the stock market than you do owning a baseball team. Owning a baseball team? What? Terrible investment. <laughs> but valuations are in the billions and, and going up every year. So that's a big part of it. Um, minimum salaries in, in baseball is part of it. Baseball players have the lowest minimum salary in the four major sports, but play twice as many games. That's a big thing. And then also the competitiveness aspect. Players don't feel like teams are trying. And if you look at the product, you can clearly see that they're not tanking teams uh, actively trying to lose, which is right. actually against the rule. If you look at the rule book, you, you're supposed to try. And, and so teams have kind of found that loophole there. So those, for all those different reasons, you will not be watching baseball anytime soon. They're doing that because it's proven to work. Well, yeah, I mean, the 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 the. the, the the system rewards you for not trying. You get the number one overall pick in, right. in the draft when you don't try. And, right. you know, teams have used that and turned that into success. You look at the Cousins 16. What That's the Astros. Leo and Jed got there. The Astros uh, before that, like, there are teams that have done it. It took the, the Royals a long time, but they ultimately end up winning a World Series. That yeah. that's, that's – it's one of those, yeah, it, it you're technically within the rules, but it hurts the game so much, and now – you've almost gotten to the point where you, you have to do something to correct that. So that's, that's what's really all the different things at stake here. But this is what, this is what happened. It got me thinking today after or Tuesday, after they, they announced that they were canceling the first two series, like, man, like I, I got this awesome new job as national MLB <laughs> insider for Bally yep. sports and stadium. And it's like, well, okay. Um, not a ton of baseball to write about. So, let, we I, we should figure out what I can be the insider of until baseball is like actually back. Mm. Okay. Do you want to lay some ground rules before you just throw that question at me and Tony? Be be decent. Okay. 
Um, Euphoria Insider. Yeah, I could be a Euphoria Insider, national uh, Euphoria Insider for Bally Sports and Stadium Network. I like it. Mm-hmm. I still can't come up with anything. Um, national Food Insider. There you go. Yeah. One of our favorite things to do as a collective here at Sports Adjacent mm-hmm. to dine and, and wine and dine. Mm-hmm. Oh, National Wine Insider. Y'all know how I like to pick the wines when we go out. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. You and Jay Williams. Russ, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today? See. Okay, good. Uh, they were playing baseball back in 1947, unlike now. And a ticket stub from Jackie Robinson's 1947 Major League Baseball debut went for auction Sunday for $480,000. Wow. A ticket stub. Yeah. So just no. the end you keep when you get in the gate. In that same auction, a full ticket, so I guess had not been used, for Michael Jordan's 1984 Bulls debut, went to a winning, uh, drew a winning bid of $468,000. The I market for all that stuff's gone way up, man. Black History Month. This comes out in March, Tone. Sorry. Um, I do have some interesting black history I would like to share with you, though, about Jackie Robinson. Because when I was out in L.A., I was staying in Pasadena. Jackie Robinson uh, played um, junior college. In Pasadena, I think he's from Pasadena, and uh, also the Bengals are practicing at UCLA. There's a lot of Jackie Robinson stuff with UCLA. I, the, Jackie Robinson is so much more interesting than I or a lot of people realized. I think he's more than just the first black major league baseball player. Uh, when he was at UCLA, he played base. He lettered in baseball, basketball, football, and track. Won the NCAA title in long jump in 1940. Baseball, he said, was his worst sport at UCLA. He batted. .097 in his one season at UCLA. Went on to become a one-time Negro League All-Star, six-time Major League Baseball All-Star, NL MVP, batting champ, two-time stolen base leader, first ballot Hall of Famer in 1962. Uh, he pursued football first as a career. He served in the Army. He coached college basketball at age 25. He was Obviously, he was an advocate for racial justice, but in many more ways than just breaking the color line in baseball. Uh, He took a lot of risks when it came to that. Vice president of a coffee company, active in politics, broadcaster, and co-founded a bank. Jackie Robinson did a lot of stuff. Uh, An American hero. I think that's how you you sum that one up. Yeah. Uh, A very bizarre story from the WNBA caught my eye this week, Russ uh, and Tony. From Sports Illustrated's Howard Magdal, Shout Magdal. out to my guy Howard. Am I pronouncing his name right? Megdal? Yeah, Megdal. Okay. Megdal. Uh, the New York Liberty were fined $500,000 and threatened with termination of their franchise even. And you must be thinking, what horrible thing did they do? They were actually threatened originally to be fined a million dollars. And they yeah. kind of argued it down to a $500,000 fine. Uh, the horrible thing that they did was they paid for charter flights. WNBA teams fly commercially, just like us. And uh, the owner of the New York Liberty paid for charter flights for five road games and a team bonding trip to Napa Valley last season instead of flying commercially. And they threatened to shut down the franchise over it because it violated the CBA, 
by creating, quote, a competitive disadvantage for the other teams. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. What? It's ridiculous. And Liz Cambage, who just signed a deal with the L.A. Sparks, had a tweet a couple weeks ago where she's 6'8", and they fly commercial. Yeah. And she has to pay for her own upgrades to get in the first class so she has space to sit down. If these are the, some of the best athletes in the world, if you're the WNBA, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, we want to continue to uh, propel women's basketball and, and, and marketing our sports and, and marketing our players, but also say, no, they still have to fly commercial with Jason Leisure and Tony Gill. <laughs> like, I, you, if you want the product to be always at its best and continuing to be go forward, you have to invest in that product. There were, If you read Howard's reporting, there were owners in the WNBA and like, because the Liberty, their owner, uh, he owns the Nets. He owns the Barclays Center. Uh, he start, he's the guy that started uh, Alibaba in, right. you know, the, the Amazon of, of Asia. Of China. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he was like, look, we found a way. We found the, uh, a, you know, we have companies that would be willing to be charter sponsors for the entire WNBA, not just for the New York Liberty and the WNBA. And there were some owners who were like, I mean, if we start doing this, uh, they'll get used to this type of treatment. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> like, you don't want your play. Yes, your players are going to get used to be treated like elite athletes and not uh, second class private <laughs> citizens that have to fly on JetBlue or Delta or, or American. And you don't have 6'8 Liz Cambage trying to squeeze herself into normal roles like you and I. Well, there's, I mean, there's college basketball teams that fly on charter planes. Many of the big ones do. It's not, it's not an issue of luxury necessarily in this case. It's not like they want to be flying around like uh, the way the Tinder swindler was. It's like logistics. It's scheduling. You yeah. want this team to play all around the country. They had to cancel a game in the WNBA in 2018 because of flight delays. And like you've probably had this situation. I've had this situation when you when I covered the NBA and you have a back to back or something and you got to get from one city to the next. I mean, you probably have it in baseball where like one series ends and the next series starts in a different city the next day. Mm -hmm. It's not that easy. It's not no. that easy to find flights. Even if you throw out your airline loyalty and say, I'll fly whoever, whoever's mm -hmm. got the right flight to get me there at this time. It's not that easy. And these I, guys are doing it as, as professional basketball players who. Like their body is affected. You you could, you know, much as it sucks, second game of a back to back as a reporter when you're covering basketball, hockey, baseball, like you can do it. You can write a story when you're feeling kind of tired or uh, your neck hurts because you slept funny in the seat on the plane. It's a little different to get out there and play elite level professional basketball. So this isn't about even luxurious treatment to me for WNBA players. This is like if you want to run a pro sports league, this is. This is uh, a basic. This has got to be included. You got the best, some of the best women's basketball players in the world catching connecting flights places. You should be embarrassed as a league. Like, why should you? You're supposed to want better for your product, for your players. And it, it's, it's laughable. They were going to terminate the franchise. They were going to eliminate the New York yeah. Liberty because, God forbid, they didn't want their players 
flying commercial. And you know what? I'm going to take my the team that I own. I want to take those players, coaches, and staff on just a nice bonding trip to Napa for the for Labor Day weekend. Sorry. Oh, I'm some horrible person. Like, you want ownership groups like that. No. Well, that's the problem, though. It's like <laughs> WNBA was right to find them by their rules. Yeah. It's the rule it's the rules. No, the rules are, are the rules are a serious problem. The rules barbaric. are the problem. Yeah, it's it's funny um that they admit to what's wrong with the rules in their explanation of why that they were punishing the liberty. They get it gave them a competitive advantage right. over the them, other yes. teams. Right. Them taking a direct flight gave them like how bad is your league? Yeah. Like how hey, bad everybody league? else felt shitty. You don't deserve to have rest. <laughs> right. You have yeah. to catch this connecting flight at 6 a.m. You guys have a competitive disadvantage because you didn't get hit in the head when someone was pulling their suitcase out of the overhead bin. <laughs> there were no babies crying on right. your flight. Right. Russ, they had the, the league stepped in, and I think they've done this other times. The league stepped in during the most recent WNBA finals between Chicago and Phoenix and provided charter flights. And it's again, it's the scheduling issue. Like you've got to be able to get to the next city. NBA teams, when they play on a Wednesday night, they fly immediately after the game to the next city. And so they might get in at like 2 a.m., but they can sleep it off and be able to play the next night. And again, even that is still challenging for them, but it's a lot different than like, okay, go back to the hotel and then we got to be up for this 5 a.m. flight that's going to connect through Memphis to get to wherever we got to play tomorrow. And, you know, we probably get into the city that we're going to three hours before the game. Dog, me, Candace partner, Diana Taurasi, Liz Cambage, Jason Leisure, and Tony Gill should not all be on the same flight. It's <laughs> flying commercial. That's ridiculous. That'd be a fun flight. It would. I agree 100%, but we should not all be on the same. They should be somewhere else. I, I feel like we would enjoy that more than they would. Yes, they'd they're be all, like, who are these? Get these bum-ass dudes out of here. Like, who all are future, you? All future basketball all, or yes. already current basketball Hall of Famers. Hall of Famers. I'd love right. – I'd love who, – who is the woman you said is 6'8"? Uh, Liz Cambage. Oh, I'd love to bro. hear her story about uh, she's flying and she's on a, a middle seat and uh, in coach, and she's had to sit next to Tony Gill the entire time asking her a million questions, first one being, how'd you get so tall? I would love to like see Liz Cambage is mad. Interesting. She's mad. Yo, that's what she I would. Yes, that would basketball. Okay. Well, you would She's you would pester the daylights out of her that she would not sleep on that flight sitting next to you. Probably not. <laughs> and she I has her Australian accent. She would just tell Tony to like, please be quiet. It might it might be worse than that though. I have another piece of basketball news that I want to complain about. If that's all right. Uh, this involves Tristan Thompson of the Bulls. Did you know he's with the Bulls? Did you even realize it? I did. He's been with the Bulls for like a week, probably. Started playing for the Bulls last week. Uh, Tristan Thompson has been in the league 11 seasons. He won a ring. He uh, has played three games for the Bulls. And in the most recent one, as of this recording, he was taunted by the fans in Miami who were chanting Khloe Kardashian's name while he was playing. That's obviously a sore subject for him. This has to stop, man. This guy gets teased about this all the time. Like, there's some serious stuff that happened. This kind of stuff should be off limits in at your job. Like, you could taunt him about a million other things, but, like, I, you shouldn't be getting taunted about your dating or romantic life or whatever. I'm going 
I'm usually with you on things like that, but this is where I'm going to push back. Okay, so my point is treat them like people, and yours is treat them like uh, you, but circus don't do performers. That, I okay. haven't even I haven't even said anything yet, Jason. Um, when you're in the public eye, there are some things that you kind of um, you have. Everybody has their right to privacy. Yeah. However. Being a celebrity, if you go out and you your your life is on public display because of your own actions, how much of that? Like, if you're, I'm not saying I'm going to do it for, but for the average Joe out there, they see you, you on TM, TMZ every other day. How do you feel good about yourself chanting somebody's ex-wife or whatever's name, whatever you, however you want to turn this? It's the only one that they can how do you name. Do, how do you do that? You and then many random kids and be like, hey, this is what you do. Yeah. What tone? I mean, it's kind of self-inflicted, but you're. I, I kind of agree with you, Jason, but I'm also kind of leaning towards like Russ. Is, this is kind of self-inflicted the way that he has lived his celebrity life. Um, and it's unfortunate because it seems like, you know, uh, Chloe seems to be the more reasonable one in this dynamic and it's the only person that they can name that can kind of point at which is kind of crazy because she's actually the adult in in their uh situationship um so it, it does suck that they have to they chant her name because she's like the, the more adult in this one but he has been a very wild boy out here in the streets <laughs> Is that is that confirmed news or is that another Tony tidbit? No, not don't answer, please. Don't answer. Don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> right. Speaking of tumultuous relationships, Hulk Hogan, the wrestler. Tony, do you do oh, a back good? Again? Uh, back again. Do a good Hulk Hogan impersonation. Oh, come here, brother. Doesn't matter. There you go. Not bad. Not bad. Better than your Gruden. Um, or no, have you heard his Richard Williams? Uh, I did. Yes, that was really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that might have that might be the clubhouse yeah. leader, <laughs> Richard Williams. Tony Khan, one time for the one time. Yeah, go ahead. Little black people in here. Mm. <laughs> so you were uh, he was saying that about tennis at large, and uh, you were saying yes. that about speed skating, I believe. Tony, mm-hmm. what what other establishments would you like to run into and yell that? Uh, golf courses. Okay. Um. Baseball press box. I'm not allowed to help you with this game. You have to do it. Baseball press box, definitely. Baseball in general. (laughs) (laughs) As a whole. Okay. Okay. Um, Any, you know, major league sport ownership meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to come to the NFL spring, spring meeting with me at the end of the month down in Palm Beach and just run through the Breakers Resort yelling that? Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe they'll maybe they'll uh, it'll convince them to sell the Broncos to Byron Allen. Uh, anyway, Hulk Hogan, he finalized his uh, divorce from his second wife Jennifer McDaniel, and an interesting part of their agreement is that he now has forty five days. He's on the clock to buy her a new car. Now Hulk is probably going to be all right, Russ, because I was I was googling his net worth. He's at like twenty five million. So he can whatever, pretty yeah. much whatever, whatever car, even That's if he it. took a hit in the divorce, he can, 
he can buy her a car, no problem. Uh, well, Colgan only has $25 million net worth right now? Well, you're about to find out why, because this ah. whole thing of going to the Hulk Hogan story was really just an entry point for me to throw to what I think is one of the greatest Hulk Hogan stories of all time and will explain why you have heard of the George Foreman grill, but have never heard of something that doesn't exist, which is the Hulk Hogan grill. And now, Tony Gill reads. Fellas, we back again. How y'all doing? <laughs> Is this Richard Williams reads? <laughs> we start doing that. No, yeah. I would love to do that. Richard Williams with glasses, or have him do Hulk Hogan with glasses. You know, you can pick whatever one he's feeling that day. This is Hulk Hogan explaining how he missed out on the Foreman Grill in an appearance with Colin Cowherd three years ago. <clears throat> my kids were upset. I was debating in my head, should I do a voice? I chose. I was. Me. You looked like you were. Yeah. I was like, is yeah. he? Is he was- trying to decide whether or not? <laughs> To do the Hulk Hogan voice for this. It's a little bit of a long read, so I don't think yeah. you can. My kids were upset because I was always picking them up late from school. So I said, I'm going to beat all those soccer moms today and get to the school at like 2.30 instead of 3.30. And now I finally got all the soccer moms behind me, and my kids are excited that I got there early. Then I get home and press the old school voicemail recorder machine, and it says, hey, Hope, this is your agent. I've got a grill and I've got a blender, and I'm going to call you and George Foreman to see who wants what. I wasn't there to answer the call. So when I call my agent back, he says George took the grill. So basically, $550 million later, George got the lean, mean grilling machine, and I got a blender that you put AA batteries in. It will fart and then turn off. George Foreman, a quick Google search will show, has a net worth of $300 million. Ah. There it is. And finally, Russ, uh, there's been a huge crime spree in Lake Tahoe. Have you ever been to Lake Tahoe? I have. Lake Tahoe is you. You might not be able to beat that as far as like just natural geographic beauty. Yes. In our country. Hard to beat Lake Tahoe. Uh, big crime spree, though. Uh, here's the tale of the tape for this culprit that the authorities are after. 12 homes have been badly damaged, 33 break-ins, 102 calls to the police. And some of the damage involves smashing doors, windows, and fences. All of that has been done, they suspect, by a 500-pound bear named Hank the Tank. Uh, At least that's what they thought originally. Now, uh, the California Fish and Wildlife says that analysis of DNA evidence at these scenes and these are treated as crime scenes, by the way. I've been reading a book about this called Fuzz, which is very interesting about how they investigate these things. And they do investigate them in the same way they do crimes. Uh, DNA evidence shows that at least three bears are responsible for this. This has been a team of bears responsible for this string of damages. This happens, by the way, because... All recruits, Alex Brown, Lance Briggs. This happens, by the way, because people don't secure their trash. So we don't really have this problem in Illinois, but if you live in places where the where there's a bear population, you got to like lock up your trash. You got to have your trash kind of caged. And so if you don't, if you don't follow, it's a law in most of these places, 
uh, you can be fined for violating it. But if you don't, then the bears learn, oh, go to where the people are. There's food. So the bears are supposed to be hibernating right now, but instead they're roaming around, smashing windows, smashing doors, looking for food. Uh, you want to throw any other old bears out there, Tone? Mike Dick, uh, Walter Payton. Okay. Just keep dropping them in here and there. Uh, it, it's it's become such a big part. This has become a national story. I'm surprised that you hadn't heard about it, Russ. They ran uh, an op-ed in the Washington Post about Hank the Tank because the big concern is that if they catch him, he's so, it becomes so normalized to him to go where people are. If they catch him, they're like, you're going to have to put him down. This is not a bear that you can trust anymore. They, they were going to kill Hank the Tank. He didn't even do it. Mm. Do you want to name a bear that you could no longer trust, Tone? Do you want to? While you're doing this, mm. I couldn't trust Devin Hester to catch uh, a ball when he was number one receiver. So, shout out to the Hall of Famer, though. Future Hall of Famer. The Sorry. South Tahoe Police Department actually had to put out a statement telling people to stop calling 911 with their opinions of what should happen to Hank the Tank. People are not calling 911, Russ, because they're having a Hank the Tank encounter. They're calling because they want to weigh in on whether he should be put down or, you know, turned over to a bear sanctuary or something. And the inundation of calls to their 911 line has overwhelmed the dispatchers and made it so that they can't actually process real 911 calls. Sam Hurd. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, you, we probably shouldn't trust Sam Hurd. Take Johnson. Um, that's another good one. Um that's going to do it for this week's episode of Sports Adjacent. We have something pretty special coming up in next week's show. Guys, we we've have been our... teasing a lot of stuff, man. We've been teasing well, that. We've been teasing a mystery guest. Yo, next week is our one-year anniversary. Can y'all believe that? Mm. I can it's believe it. I can believe it. We've been it's doing not, a Tony, it's not, year. it's not your one year. No, it's not your oh. You have six more weeks after yeah, you, that. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not close. <laughs> You're not getting Buddy. service time for you one year. You see what happens when you take all that uh, unapproved paid time off or unapproved time off? Yeah, I can't celebrate with you guys. No. Yeah, we'll just give us six days to decide. We'll send you a photo. <laughs> um, one year anniversaries. That's actually pretty exciting. Um, have been thinking about that coming up a lot. It's just like there's a lot of cool things that we've been able to do in the last year. And so obviously we're going to reflect on those, have a good time, celebrate a little bit. Also, uh, we have some really cool things on the horizon for the show. People we we are hoping to partner with. We've got some really good ones um, that are really going to help enhance our product and what we do here on the pod. So be looking out for that. Uh, As always, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, download the pod on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get all your audio content. Give us five stars. Leave a review. You can do that now on uh, Spotify as well. Uh, gentlemen, anything for the fine folks before we let them go? People probably noticed we didn't have ads the last two weeks. And that was by design. Free agency, baby. Hey. <laughs> hey. But, uh, yes, much like uh, the Bulls and, you know, Alonzo Ball, like uh, we might have uh, we might have reached a, a, a under the table or backroom agreement here. We got we got some things lined up. We got some things lined up. So be looking out for that. Some uh, really cool people that we're going to start partnering with here in the not too distant future for Jason Leisure, Tony Gill, 
I'm Russ Dorsey. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. <laughs>